At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. This is an official download. We've got a great show lined up for it. From thecustardtv.com. On to the internet you go. Hello and welcome to the Custard TV podcast brought to you by your favourite podcasters here at thecustardtv.com. The voice that you're listening to right now is mine. It's Gary. Hi. Uh, I'm in the London non-snow but raining area, and I'm joined by the snowy north? No. No? No. Okay. I'm joined by the non-snowy north, Matt. Miserable. Uh, The miserable north. I'm not miserable that the weather is just... It has been raining here as well in the afternoon, but we just... You see, where I work in the post office, um, and we're up, I think I've mentioned this before, we're upstairs yep. in the WH Smith. We've got no windows, so we can't see what the weather's doing. So, basically, we judge the weather on how wet people are when they come in. So, how, when, when like, the zombie the apocalypse comes, you won't know till they reach the top floor. No. And mm. they, can't, they can't walk upstairs, can they, zombies? So, we might be all right. No, no, you're thinking of Daleks. <laughs> But don't yeah. they have, oh. like, they, they can't... Pro- can they not... Pro- some zombie films, yeah. like, they can't process stairs, can they? They can't... Yeah. They can sort of run really fast, but the climbing they struggle with. So what you're saying is you could survive a zombie apocalypse as long as you can live off stamps and envelopes as food? Well, we've got, um... The, the Smiths lot regularly bring up, like, out-of-date, um... Chocolates and crisps and things, so we might be able to survive on that. But there'll be zombies, so your your supply will be limited, whereas you've got an unlimited Mm. supply, I assume, of stamps. Yes, yes, I suppose. (laughs) Just the survive off just the little the backs of the stamps. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. But then we've got like a staff as a plot line. Yeah, we've got a staff room upstairs, so we've got water and things like that, and you know we could survive a zombie apocalypse. That'd be. Um, we'll find out in a few years when the nuclear war hits. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out when the uh, the nuclear zombie apocalypse happens. Uh, yeah. Luke is not with us again this week. Unfortunately, he's been struck down not by a, a zombie apocalypse, uh, but by the Australian flu. Oh, um, he's, he's, st- he's still with us, though, thankfully. Yes, um, although he is now calling everyone Bruce, so... Um, it's Sheila. slightly dangerous. Sheila, yeah, everyone's Bruce and Sheila. And he's got an infatuation with neighbours, but uh, I think he had that before, actually, so mm, yes, um, yes. It's, it's, it's probably fun. I'm sure he won't be able to play the piano. certainly had an infatuation with Holly Valance before. Well, who hasn't? Um, oh, oh, yeah, now you've reminded me of the Kiss Kiss video. Damn you. <laughs>
the podcast. We've got to record. We've got to record a whole podcast now, oh. Gary. Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. A show that um, Matt and I championed last year, Cleek which unfortunately was hidden away on BBC Three, although it did get a BBC One rerun, didn't it? Yeah. And it's now going to be... Saturday night, was it? Something like like that. Half ten after much of the day or something? Yeah. And a a highly recommended, completely out-of-the-blue drama um, that that, that BBC Three... We used to love BBC Three for these things, and thankfully they still do the odd one. Uh, We'll be about BBC Three today. Oh, are we? Uh, why, yeah, why is the, that? the documentary. Is that on BBC One? It was on BBC Three originally, the BBC One rerun. Ah, nice tease there. there well, done. well done, you've teased that nicely. Uh, so, Cleek will be getting a second series, which after the... Did you watch this to the end? Sorry, uh, Yeah, I did go back and watch the end. After the bonkers ending, I'm kind of quite glad with yeah, it. Yeah, I love when dramas go full bonkers. That's why I'm a little bit disappointed with some of the dramas we've got. This this year so far, well, t- certainly two of them that either go bonkers straight away or decide to go bonkers too late. Whereas Cleet was just full on bonkers. Yeah, Cleet was bonkers was, from the beginning. So yeah, and then it turned out it was some sort of like murder, murder, suicide pact or something like that that um, they tried to do. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, it wasn't the most disciplined drama, but it had its moments, and I thought the lead actress was very good as well. Yeah, and it was it was certainly aimed at a young female audience. You know, the the, the lot of the lead characters were well, obviously it was you say it was a bunch of young people that you know were sort of in this mm. murder suicide pact, uh, but it was set in sort of a Scottish college. You know, it was very Edi- very. It was, different. Well, it was was it not Edinburgh a University in Edinburgh? Was not that where it was meant to be? That's a that's a Scottish college, roughly. It's not a college; it's a university. Well, uh, it's got colleges. Okay, okay. Carry Eddie, on. Please come back for series two. Yes, coming back for series two, so we're looking forward to that. No idea about when yet, but it's only just been announced. The other thing that um, is sad to announce, and I I feel that we need a moment here, uh, because this is a running joke that we will no longer be able to make. I'm afraid they've cancelled the Shinanara Chronicles, Matt. (laughs) Uh, As you you called it originally, the Chronicles of Shinanara. Yeah, Shinanara. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm wearing a black armband. Uh, for that, you know, I will is be starting it, um, up a campaign to get it restarted. You on know this. what you should um, be singing to 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 see the show off. Go on, Shinanara, 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 goodbye. Come back, Luke. No? Luke please quickly go. Luke. <laughs> yeah, that last yeah. week. Sorry, yeah, I did. <laughs> and yet still he's not here. Next of kin, ep two. Um, do you want to lead this one? Yeah, Archie Panjabi's nephew is in Lahore. Uh, and this episode didn't quite have the same amount of action or intrigue, really, that episode one had. The basic premise was that the British government was saying that the Pakistani government weren't going to release the body of Angie Punjabi's brother, the doctor, uh, to back to the UK for, um, for, for funeral arrangements. So in the end, she and her mother flew out to Pakistan, muxed against mm. Jack Davenport's best wishes, um, there was a little bit of toing and froing with the family, you know, who knew what, and a little bit of, you know, sort of complication about, you know, who knew who, who where was. Mm. But in the end, when they went out to that country, there was also a bit of confusion. The the government over, or the, the agents over there... British said, oh. consulate. 
Yeah, the console. Well, no, we can, you know, we can bring the body back now. So there was sort of some sort of intrigue. They telling the truth. They they thought that they'd come over to sort of pay their respects, like yeah. like religious observance or something like that. And yeah, she's been that. told. And it was it was mainly she was um, taken to Lahore to sort of get her out of the way for the. Um, the sort of slightly dodgy copper played by um, an actor called Enzo Silente, Calente, yep. who's, who's been in uh, Game of Thrones and was in um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell as well. Um, mm. And he's played... Oh, Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, that's good. I thought I recognised him. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and, and also, I suppose we should say that before she left, she had a feeling that they were being followed, which turned out to be true. Whilst out in Lahore, she obviously decides to split away from the consulate security and try and find her nephew, who she finds uh, mm. quite easily, actually. Um, this whole yeah. episode seemed very well, rough, in my She opinion. was being led around by a small child who seemed to know where he was, didn't wasn't she? Yeah, obviously paid off by somebody. She found him, but then the uh, consulate security found them. Uh, well, it was sort of... Sorry to cl- keep cutting you off, Gary. It was, um, like, hired... Security, like members of the security service hired by the British consulate who were sort of v- vetoed by them and they were getting their orders from, um, was it the Met? Because there's a yeah. character played by Claire Skinner, isn't there? And her, yeah, I, I believe her role like, like head of the Met or something? Yeah, maybe some sort of counter-terrorism sort of thing. And obviously yeah. they're, they're very intrigued to find uh, the nephew. And right at the end of the episode... Uh, just as Jack Davenport is being sort of interrogated, her husband, uh, she is shot by this sort of hired security. They obviously were aiming for the yeah. nephew, but uh, managed to hit her instead. So you, you you don't quite know what's going on right at the end of the episode. Because that's been on the okay by um, Claire Skinner says, you know, use minimum force to take out the nephew. And these yeah. sort of hapless security service guys end up taking out... Um, Mona, Archie Panjabi's character instead. And you say that about Jack Davenport. I don't think he... He isn't being interrogated in this episode. I think it was the preview for the next episode. Here he was... He was out of his mind a little bit, wasn't he? Because he wasn't quite sure what was going on. He wasn't sure what Mona had had told him, you know, how much she told him. And he was, like, taking his son out of the dentist and things like that. He he was starting to lose his mind a little bit, wasn't he, Jack Davenport's character? seen that one that that was very uncomfortable where he sort of took the scene the dent- in the dentist yeah so the, the, his son had gone to the dentist with um angie's younger sister and uh, i just thought it was a very call her mona mona is the name of the character call her mona no i'm not good with names anyway this episode <laughs> overall felt like a filler and in a four episode run that doesn't necessarily feel like a good thing is it four or six I thought it was four. This oh no, Kiri's four, isn't it? This is six. Yeah. You're quite right. Yeah. It felt like a filler episode. There wasn't a lot of action. Not a lot happened. The plot. I know Mona, Mona went over to Pakistan, but really, you kind of. I mean, you knew that. I think, unfortunately, this the the, the previews that they give at the end of the episode don't tend to help much because they give away an awful lot about what happens next week. As you say, we now mm. know Gap Davenport's being interrogated. We know that Mona's not dead kind of feel like this would be a show that actually would benefit from not having those bits. Yeah, um, definitely. I think I think that about a lot of... Pro- and, and they stopped doing that for... Like, Broadchurch never had that, and Line of Duty never has it. And I think uh, the big sort of successful shows, uh, part of the reason they are successful is that you've just got that suspense. You have to wait a week to see any more of this. 
I mean, I'm surprised that Kerry does it really because it doesn't really need to. Well, one thing you one thing we didn't really mention there was the fact that we got a little bit more about the other brother who um, works oh, yeah. as like a courier and yeah. is being sort of bled for money by his ex. The um, he's got has he got a daughter or so? He's got a daughter, hasn't he? That you saw in the first episode. She yes, brought... and she, he's, well, his child's mother is bleeding him for a lot of money and he hasn't got any money and you get the impression that Mona and I think Guy is the name of the Jack Davenport character. Um, they're both sort of helping him out and giving him money on a regular basis and I think he mentioned well, something right. I mean, when, him... when they... she was over in Lahore. But, but I, I wonder if um, this is, it's got something to do with him in the, in the next one. We see that he... That um, Dad Davenport's been arrested for, like, you know, giving money to terrorism and stuff like that, and they've obviously given money to the other brothers. So I wonder if he's connected to it somehow. Yeah, and there's still obviously the the, the terrorist action that took place at the, the beginning of the first episode, uh, which mm. caused Mona to be late to the party, uh, which was carried out, and, and and there appears to be some link to those, doesn't there? So um, perhaps yeah. that's Dad Davenport. But you see, the thing is, he's given away too much, almost. You know, we're it's yeah, definitely. Well, and I think I think. One thing that I read on uh, on Twitter was somebody said that these actors are being let down by a bad plot, and I feel that yeah. case. I feel like the two lead actors particularly are very good, and they're being let down by a, a not bad writing, just a bad plot. Mm. I don't think and I like Enzo Salenti as well. I think Cla- Claire Skinner. I'm not sure about in that well, role. No, it's I, a bit I, weird I, I, seeing I, I, her. Only the I mainly, mainly the two leads that are, that are the yeah. The, yeah. No, definitely. I think this is where I'm going to jump off. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, unless we really are struggling for things for next week... Just still a little bit of intrigue in this for me. I I enjoyed this, without saying anything about it, I enjoyed this episode here more than the second episode of Hard Sun. Um, But I I think I'm going to stay with it and see where it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I enjoyed it more than a lot of people seem to do. And as I said before, I like it when things go full on bunkers. And it did a bit by, you know, shooting your character, your main character halfway through, you know, halfway through the series or a third of the way through the series. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Kiri, uh, at which we had episode two of last night. Um, mm-hmm. This is an interesting one because when we were talking about it last week, you said that it very much re- the enjoyment of the series for you very much relied on the performance by Sarah Lancashire, and she was almost like the secondary focus of this. Of last yeah, night's episode. that's right, definitely. Um, it mainly focused on the hunt for uh, Kiri's father, 
uh, Nathaniel. You learn more about the relationship between like Kerry's family in terms of like her grandparents mm. and um, Nathaniel. Well, it's not her grandparents, it's her grandfather. I didn't realise that um, the Andy Osho character, Rochelle, was his, is like his second wife. Yeah. Um, that wasn't really ever kind of it uh, uh, was something that was left out of episode one that I thought was a little bit silly to sort of not mention. Mm. Um, but um, so we 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 the, the main focus was on Toby, the Lucian Masmati character, the grandfather. Yeah. And we also got some flashbacks to Kiri um, being with them on the day that she went missing, basically, and. And trying to fill in some of that timeline, which we got, didn't we, in National Treasure as well, Jack Thorne's show, where yeah, it, he, he took us back and you. showed, yeah, he showed you the relationships. Bit. Yeah, which I like. And I, do you like that as a sort of a plot device? I, I do like it, yeah. I, I, mm. I, yeah, I do. I think it does give you... I think unlike Next of Kin, it does keep you more on the edge of your seat if it kind of mm. shows you little bits rather than much more, so... And it was basically that Rochelle had encouraged Toby to let Nathaniel have a relationship with Kerry, but then they, they sort of absconded from the house, and um, next thing you know, like, he, he doesn't turn up again, um, Nathaniel, and uh, this is sort of Toby's search for him. Where, meanwhile, the uh, foster parents, the would-be adoptive parents of Kerry, um, Alice and Jim, are appearing on... Uh, Good Morning Britain with Ben Shepherd and, and Charlotte Hawkins. Well, see, I think um, there was a bit of a name drop in this because the next thing you mentioned, the next thing Victoria you got, Derbyshire. Was, yeah, and, uh, I know he did a little bit of that in National Treasure as well, but he likes to drop his media things in. Mm. But that's again like we were saying about the press and the press having a big presence. And um, at one point, um, so Toby does find his son eventually in a brothel, oddly, and there was there's a lot of history apparently with him and this brothel. Um, yeah. And um, he goes to see Alice and Jim and says, you know, I've found him. I'm taking him to the police. Um, and they talk about Barry and Kerry. And there's a there's a line in there where they say, oh, should we call like the police PR officer because he's been telling us how to handle it? And again, it's like the media yeah. influence on this. You know, there's reporters on their doorstep. There's reporters on. If we talk about Miriam as well, you know, reporters on her doorstep and in her yeah. life, and she's. The media influence on her is she's, again, as we said last week, being the scapegoat, she's getting punched in the middle of the streets or the middle of town centre that was by random star, people. But a very enjoyable act, especially by yeah. Sarah Lagasher. I know she only had a small part in this episode, but again, very yeah. good. Well, it's about sort of her career crumbling around her. There's a great scene where she met up with a union representative who just basically told her to Well, was that, was that a union rep or was that a lawyer? I couldn't quite work out. I thought it was a union... I think she had, like, a union um, lanyard on. Oh, OK. Like, um, yeah. She talked... Uh, I suppose she, just she, talked, to... she talked about a yeah. legal rep background, so I suppose yeah. that makes more sense yeah. that she wasn't a lawyer. I think she's, like, with Unison or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, they didn't name it, as you say, so... No, but I think... Because they did mention the unions in the last episode, didn't they, and things like that, and... Yeah, she waived um, her union rights, didn't she? Yeah. But again, like, Sarah Lancashire, when she was in this, was excellent. I loved... There's a couple of scenes. That scene was really good. The scene where they're on Good Morning Britain and you just see her reactions yeah. to it and it's uh, and she's amazing in that. And then the scene where she finally decides to say something to the reporters. Right! No one wants me to talk to you because no one wants me to say it. What I did was right. 
not by me or my bosses or Alice and Jim Warner, but by Kerry. I did the right thing by a little girl who deserved to know where she came from, who deserved access to a home where people looked like her, where she could see a future, everything she could grow up to be. Because you think they were going to show her that? Do you think anyone would have offered her anything other than the kindness packaged in pale skin and straight hair and Christmas in a church with a blue-eyed Jesus and Christmas paper wrapping up a blue-eyed doll? I love my job. And loving what you do means doing it to the best of your ability always. And that is what I was trying to do for Kerry, a little girl being raised in a world where she is already considered other. And when you have a family who love a child and want to see a child and pass all compliance with our laws, you let them fucking see the child! Because why not? Nathaniel basically says, no, it wasn't me. You know, she ran off while we were trying to bond and the next thing I knew, you know, they, they told me she died and I was I was the main suspect. And there's uh, suggestions that... Um, Jim and Alice's son, Cy, might might be responsible. The relationship between he and, and his um, foster sister may not have been as pure as, as the parents believed. Yeah, so a nice drop that sort of, mm, It's sort of turning into more of a, a whodunit, isn't it, now? Because the, there's that element of doubt in in the um, in the story. So, And also, a ni- before I, I get your views on that, I like there's a nice little bit of plotting I liked was the fact that... Um, the Wunmi Musaku character, the, the, the police officer, the DI, um, she revealed that she'd been brought up in care as well, which yes. is a nice sort of tie into the rest of the plot that, because Toby's like, you know, where do you come from and, you know, where are your parents from? And she said, I didn't know I grew up in care. So she's got that sort of correlation to sort of Kiri's circumstances, mm. perhaps. And, and that's nice to tie her into the plot because I always feel she's a bit sort of away from the rest of the characters in a way. Um She's sort of, like, not connected, really, and this is sort of drawing her in a little bit to the plot, and it's interesting to see where they're going next. So did you enjoy this, despite the lack of Sarah Lancashire? I did, and I felt that it was an improvement in the other character areas. I think, mm. I think actually, if you look back on this series as a whole, which we will do when we get past it, maybe they made the right decision in saying, right, let's go with a strong Sarah Lancashire-led episode get you intrigued because lots of people know who she is and then we'll kind of bring in these other character actors. I do think that uh, the, the, the grandfather uh, and the father's uh, comp, you know, backstory was believable and quite, mm. you know, the, the fight scene that they had was, you know, very yeah. personal and, and, and very powerful, dramatic. Yeah. I mm. quite liked it. I think the other thing that the other thing that I, I know that last week there was lots of inaccuracies regarding social work. Again, I think this week there was a little bit of inaccuracies about police work. I don't really feel that if the grandfather comes in and says, I will deliver him to you, that the first thing they wouldn't mm. do was surround the house. I don't mm. see them even getting to the stage where they would let him, you know, that they would tail him Have his last straight meal from leaving and... the police station to where he was going. Yeah. So yeah. I did feel that, no, that, I agree was bit, with you that that was something, and, and arresting him at the home, I didn't think was necessary. It didn't add anything. It felt mm. like we need a dramatic needed, scene to end the yeah. episode. I agree with you that, and I like that another scene that I didn't mention was when Toby goes to visit the mother of Kerry's mother, who mm, sort of yeah. denied. She said she. It sort of shows you the history there that they were asked to. The grandparents were Toby and Rochelle were asked to 
look after Kiri and they sort of declined it and that's yeah. when she was put up for, you know, into foster care and things like that. I need to go to the funeral. I need you to tell that woman that. We would not be welcome where the family of We are not family. No. No, I, I won't take that. Kiri made us family. I lost my daughter. You stopped your access. You stopped your visits. So don't stand there and tell me. I watched Gaia fade away in front of me, begging me for money, stealing from me, smiling at me desperately with her teeth going grey. And then she dies. And they find this Kiri beside her. A girl I'd never even heard about. I tried. I tried to love her, but all I could see was my daughter, not my granddaughter. The thing about Kerry is it's all about, like, purporting blame onto someone. Who do we blame for this circumstance? How far can we trickle it back? Is it Toby's fault for being a bad father to Nate? And that's why he didn't take on Kerry, because he didn't want yeah. to make the same mistakes. I, I really like those. I think, I mean, I think Lucian Masmati in this, uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it, I think it's Ma Mamati. Um, it's got a silent S, which which throws me. Um, but I, I think his performance in this was was the top one for me. I think yeah, he I Sarah Lancashire owned that first episode, but he owned this episode, and she was. More I, of I do think the, the 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 foster mother is playing a good part. I, it's not necessarily mm. a part a person you like, because no. she does seem to sort of you know the whole line about I had her for a life, you had her for a week, you know, you had her once a week, yeah. I had her every day, you know, mm. and. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, she, she seems to be blaming yeah. anybody and everybody. She's uh, a good and, actress. Leah Williams is the actress. She was the, do you remember in The Missing? She was the butcher's yeah. wife who was yes. in the army with them and. Yeah, that didn't know. About, and again, and again, it's all going to come down to she didn't know about her husband's past. Mm. And it turns out that she might not know what was going on with her son. So, you yeah. know, you can kind of see why, why she's playing this part. But yeah, I, I, do you know what's strange is the husband, who's a, who's a very good actor. Um, Stephen McIntosh. Stephen McIntosh. Nothing in him. Absolutely nothing. And I'm kind of hoping that maybe we get a bit more because I feel like they're wasting him. He's playing a bit of a... Well, I think I like his little... Because he's sort of like the soft sort of beta male, the sort of middle class dad. Um, But there's always those little moments where he goes to touch her and she... Yeah, butts him away, and I do think that the that the Sarah Lancashire rant, as you say, in front of the in, in front of the media, was designed to keep that kind of social and racial element, yeah. you know, in, in, at top of people's minds. So yeah. overall, a good episode. I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised that mm. even without Sarah Lancashire's big involvement, they were able to to produce a really good episode and i i quite like the fact that you've got a touch of the whodunits as well i didn't want to believe that, the <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a side effect of luke's australian flu well yeah to the whodunits. The touch of the whodunits i like the fact that you pivoted away from what could potentially have been a very nasty you know situation uh where a father could have killed a daughter to an equally nasty you know, and, and I, 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 the, the scene that I think got me the most was when the police liaison officer, the lady you mentioned, was interviewing the step parents, the the, the, the um, uh, foster parents, and she foster was saying like, "We've we've checked paedophiles in the yeah. area, and and mm. we just want to know what your movements are and things like that." And that was kind of like that to me was like, 
and, and it's where, as you said, this, this particularly good actress just almost like ignored her and turned around to her husband and went, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. I yeah. liked that. That is kind of realism to me. I'm just here to keep you updated. You found him? No. But it's probably worth making clear that he's not our sole focus. We're still looking into sexual predators in the area, for instance. Paedophiles? She wasn't touched? No, that's something to be crossed off our list. Of course. Now, that day, you were at work, Jim. That man took our daughter. He had her. You should be putting all efforts into finding him. We are. Then why are you here? DC Thompson gave me notes on the chats he had with you both, and I'm just verifying things. Jim, your partner Dave has corroborated your account. Yes. And you were at home, Alice. You were off sick. Did you come here to update us on the case or to interview us? Why were you off sick? It's a stress condition. Can you be more specific than that? I can get you a doctor's note if you like. Well, actually, that would be useful. But more concerning to us is Simon... He initially said he was at school, and subsequently we've discovered that he wasn't. Do you have any idea where he might have been? I don't understand this. Just a sense is fine. You are fucking kidding me. Pedophiles. She's looking into pedophiles? She should be looking... Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking for him, how hard is it to find one man whose face is on the front of every newspaper? Which is why he will turn up. Not if you're not looking properly. He murdered my daughter, our daughter. Can't even call her our daughter. Should we do something a bit different and go to um, Love and Hate Crime? I think this is made by the same people who did the Life and Death Row. I don't know if you saw any yes, of, that any was of very... those when they were on. Yeah. yeah um, going back to um, America, um, it's a story. I think this happened in 2015. I've got a feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember that. The um, the the sort of focus is this guy Josh um, Vallum, who is um, in his late 20s. He, uh, I think it's all in Mississippi. Yes. Um, and um, he's um, been uh, found guilty of murdering his. Um, girlfriend who at the time uh, was 17 and the yeah. way the story told which is very is very good is it sort of just opens it up and opens it up so initially yeah you're just it thinking, didn't tell you everything at the beginning it kind of yeah i like that i like that as a story yeah it's sort of so you've got the fact that oh it's, it's this you know she, he's murdered his girlfriend and and you hear from like friends of hers who say oh yeah she was a lovely girl she's very bubbly she blah 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 
and then you get this the, now the woman was she someone who looked after her was she like a sort of um, you know, there was the, the, yeah, the woman in the car so. and yeah, or yeah, whether she I, was the whether she was just the prosecutor and had taken a real interest. In no, the she wasn't the prosecutor. Sure. No, she wasn't the prosecutor. I wasn't the sure of her role. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll I'll edit it in here. Anyway, she was talking about um, how um, Mercedes wasn't this sort of light character. She she uh, had a uh, quite a bad uh, crack habit. She yeah uh, was a prostitute, and and there was all this. And then you hear from Josh, uh, this was the moment that got me, that Josh said, you know, he went to, because they never had sex, he went to sort of grope her and found a penis. I said, you don't have any plans? She said, no. I said, well, you do now, get in. She was like, well, what are we going to do? I said, told her, I said, well, we're going to go smoke some weed. And it's a Saturday, my dad's probably going to be grilling. So we go and we'll have some ribs and some baked beans and potato salad and all the good old southern meal and we'll have sex. And she said, okay. She said, you're lucky you're hot. She said, not everybody can pull up and just get me in a vehicle with them. On the way over there, I guess she got nervous. She asked me, she was like, is this a setup? You know, I pulled behind my dad's house. It was a nice sunny day. It was warm, nice blue sky. But I was thinking, hey, might get lucky. didn't work out that way. The body was face down in a prone position. And from the side and the top, I couldn't make any identification of who it was because all that flesh had decomposed. There was a lot of insect activity around the head. I noticed on that foot was uh, pink toenail polish. Uh, so I back up, I come up back to the head. From this angle, I can see the tank top shirt the victim was wearing and the lip of the shirt that's here was down the shoulder and right here was an exposed bra strap. So me and Mercedes are back behind the house and we're making out. And, you know, I reach down between her legs and she has a penis and I snap and I jumped back and I yelled you know what the hell was that and Mercedes freaked out and jumped out of the vehicle well I jumped out of the vehicle and ran around my car and I pulled out my pocket knife and I started stabbing Mercedes. He basically then stabs her repeatedly. Yeah. Um, and it, in his mind, it was a crime of passion. Then she's still alive, and he hits her on the head. You know, he bludgeons her to death with a hammer. And it, yeah. just hearing him talk about it was shocking. Yep. And then from there, it gets even more sort of complicated because friends of Mercedes, formerly Michael, um, talk about how. He knew that that he was a transgender. They had sex all the time. They, yep. um, you know, he had gay porn on his computer. And the the reason that he killed her because he was in this gang, the Latin Kings, who forbade their members from partaking in homosexual activity. And it was almost like a sort of self hating thing that led him to this murder. 
Yeah. And that's the reason why he didn't want it to go to trial, because all this stuff will come out. But conversely, there were people saying if it went to trial, he may well have got off because of how people yes. in the South feel about homosexuality. I mean, what, so, was your, what was your so, feelings on this, Gary? Well, I really enjoyed the programme. Uh, mm. Obviously, what happened is just awful and tragic. Um, mm. it, it, you cannot really get to the point of who you believe, because, of course, the, the, the other side of the story is passed away. You know, he's dead. So you will not know whether uh, Josh and Mercedes knew about, you know, Mercedes's uh, situation and whether that was something they were consenting to or whether it was because the evidence certainly points towards that Josh did know that, you know, he was dating a former man and a transgender and that he was into that and he was he was okay with that. But he knew that it conflicted with his his Latin gang background. Um, and, and knew that you know he, it was one of those things where almost it was it was kept secret. Although there was a a scene, wasn't there? Or they, they described a party that he brought her to, um, and somebody yeah. made a comment that she had broad shoulders, and maybe and that, that kind of thing was the kind of thing that you know triggered in his mind. Like I can't be caught out, you know, I, I'm going to get caught. Um, yeah. And he was he was eventually prosecuted for the first ever. Crime of, of, of hey, killing hey, a friend. Yeah, yeah. Pride, yeah. Well, what happened? What happened was that yeah, he went to um, he went to jail for obviously pleading guilty to murder. Yeah. But then, subsequently to the documentary being filmed, he was then indicted for hate crime and yeah. found guilty. And it was the first ever case of someone being found guilty of a hate crime against a, a person of transgender, mm. which was I think a law Obama brought in that you yeah. can now be found guilty of that and. Because you had like you saw all the police interviews and and the police chief you know really struggling to get his head round like the transgender and he said this is the first time that I've ever had to deal with this and mm. I think they they treated it as it was Michael rather than Mercedes you know and, and I think I, I definitely agree young with man the point. Been murdered. I agree with the point that yeah, you made and, and certainly you got a bit, a bit of insight there was some wonderful kind of like uh, images inside the prison of his Latin kings you know intimidating. Mm. I couldn't quite tell whether that was done for effect or whether that was real. You know, the kind of like the the, the, the gang signs and the kind of like, you know, treating of him in prison. Um, but the idea that had it have gone to trial and he had said, look, I was just dating a woman and she turned out to be a man and I lost my temper and I admit it. And that probably would have been manslaughter rather than murder. Or certainly mm. maybe a, a lawyer might have tried to argue yeah, they... that argue is it a crime of passion they kept yeah. describing it as like a heat of the moment type thing yeah but and by I, the I, time they found the body it decomposed didn't it because he talks about how he called his dad and he wanted his dad to help him sort of cover it up yeah. and bury the body and his dad instead sort of called the police on him I, overall I think this was fascinating and, and I mean I think uh, again, a real kind of shame that this only got a BBC Three viewing, and that I know it got a BBC mm. One airing, but it was quite late at night. Ten forty-five, I, I think. Yeah, I, I'd really feel that the more people that would watch this, it, it really would, because mm. I think there's certainly links to the sort of the documentary style of making a murderer of a yeah, murderer and, and things like that, and I definitely feel that the quality is there, as you say, the way in which. At the beginning, you're a little bit bored. You're a little bit like, okay, somebody killed somebody. You're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you get the scene with Josh in, you know, in confession about the fact that you know he was dating someone that he didn't know was a transgender. It opens up. And at that point, as you say, it totally turns. 
and mm. it, 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 it's almost like a total kind of like, okay, whoa, that's different. That's something I haven't heard before. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, no, you, I, I literally sat back and check this out. Yeah. I literally sat back and just like, I went, oh God, like, oh wow. Like, you know, yeah. you're watching there, you're sitting, it's almost sort of like people going over and then it's just like, what? Because yeah. he, was, he was talking Did about her being that? so innocent and what? Yeah. So I go? No, yeah. I was just say, it's almost, there was almost yeah. like a kind of like, what did he just say? Yeah, he was kind just of double face. Yeah. yeah. So, then no, no, really good. I'm looking forward to the, there's another two. Um, I think the second one is available on the on the BBC Three iPlayer. Yeah. Uh, now, it's called Murder in Mississippi. So, another Mississippi and... Uh, I have a feeling they're all in case. Mississippi. I'm sure I read that at the beginning. Oh, okay. but, well, they'll uh, all be in Mississippi. Then. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the so, third one is yet. So, uh, but yes, high, high, high recommendation to check out, particularly if you're a fan of those kind of documentary-style programmes. Um, Gary mentioned it off the top. Uh, Patreon, we're on um, patreon.com slash TV. There's loads of bonus stuff. Uh, we will be recording our second Extra Helpings um, edition after this, uh, which will feature the first of a, uh, a series, certainly a two-part, if not a three-part series, where we'll be discussing our top five um, things we're most looking forward to on TV in 2018. Today, Gary will be revealing his pick, so you don't want to uh, miss that. As well, a couple of bonus reviews that um, we didn't have time to fit in the main podcast. And also up there already, we've got reviews of um, The Sopranos Season 1 uh, and Only Fools and Horses retrospective. I've just uploaded my um, Edinburgh recaps from last summer that I did at the time, and I've only just found, so that's why they've gone up there. And there's a best-of podcast as well, so there's a lot of stuff already, and there's we, we are sort of committed now to getting more stuff up there. When uh, yep. when we've got Luke back to full force, we've dosed him with Lucas Aid. He'll be he'll be with us. Lucas Aid, I've just Lucas Aid, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, we would really appreciate it. You can donate as little as two dollars a month. It's not a it's not a sort of commitment. You're not locked into a contract. You can donate once, get all the stuff, get access to a RSS feed. That's how you get all the bonus podcasts. Yeah. And then if you've not got enough money, say one month, you can dip out, you can dip in again if you'd yep. like um, another time. Any any support you can give us is very much appreciated. And um, we just it is just lovely that you like what we do and um, we hope to continue doing it. And as we said before, the money is mainly for like things to do with the site so we can, you know, afford to sort of host the podcast. We can afford to go to screenings, give you extra sort of insight onto things and, and it just helps, every little helps as, as, as a famous supermarket says so um, and as I say, you will be rewarded for your uh, patronage so patreon.com slash the custard TV. Your ears will be rewarded for your uh, your monetary value. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. So next up, we uh, turn to Nordic Noir Land, where we have got our latest Walter Presents um, called Before We Die. And uh, Gary has all the details. Uh, yeah, this, this is... Uh, thankfully, this is one of the better... Uh, Walter presents, and actually we're going to get all of it on Channel 4, as opposed to the thing that they've been doing recently, where they've been showing you the first episode and then making you go to... Well, Walter presents is on all four, isn't it? Yes. Or the, the same the same platform, but you can actually yeah, yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a on, subsection, I would say, of, of that's, Yeah, 
You can watch this on Wednesday nights. I think it's on about 11 o'clock on Channel 4. Um, Tuesday nights. Tuesdays, even better. Um, I I think the basic premise of this is that it follows a main detective called Hannah, who's played by Maria Richardson, who I don't even know if she's Danish or Swedish. Marie Marie Richardson. Marie. She she sounds very British, um, but she certainly speaks the Danish. Uh, Basically, she is being languished. She is languishing in kind of, uh, what do they call it, a financial Business crime. crime. Financial yeah, crime, yeah. In the very first scene, you see her arresting her own son for, for plying people with drugs. Yeah, um, being a drug dealer. Being a drug dealer, which is obviously kind of gives you the idea that she's kind of no-nonsense and, you know, doesn't, doesn't suffer fools and all that sort of thing. You know, at warned. the time, sorry, Gary, at <clears> the time she was in, she wasn't in financial crime at the time. Yes. She sort of been moved um, sideways, say, in the last... Because that was two... That was like a flashback to two years ago, wasn't it, where she arrested yeah. her son at, like, a rave while he was selling drugs. And then Indeed. two years later, you find that she hasn't... She's not in... I'm assuming it's, like, the drug squad or something like that. Vice, yeah, she's maybe. not in Vice anymore. Yeah, drugs or yeah. Vice anymore. She's in financial crime, which is, like, I don't know, the equivalent of, I don't know, traffic cop in this country or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's low-level. But basically, yeah. she's having an affair with someone who is working as an undercover agent inside the organised gang crime. There appears to be a big problem in this country between... Biker, biker gangs. Biker gangs, yeah. There's a, there's a touch the of mobs of anarchy in this. Uh, or, 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 have you got this? Spensons of anarchy. Nice. Like it. Like yeah. it. Um, Been working on that one. The basic idea is that she's having an affair with somebody and he goes missing. Um, it, it's assumed that he is working deep undercover, but they begin to uncover more about the fact that he was taken outside a, a very fancy boutique, uh, and uh, some young boy on a bike saw somebody drag him into a car. They find his mobile phone, and they work out that he was supposed to be meeting up with a contact called Inez, but she contacts him because she never met up with him. Uh, and, and you kind of go through this quite quite straightforward procedural cop show, basically. You know, you follow a clue, you get to the next stage. You follow a lead, you get to the next stage. But then towards the end of the episode, we, we go back to seeing um, Hannah's ex-husband and son, who she's quite estranged from. They have quite a strained relationship, as you would imagine. Well, he's... Considering he's been in prison for two years. Yeah, go on. Yes, so this is probably... They, they don't say it, but I'm guessing it's um, their first meeting maybe in, in two years? or Maybe. Or well, I don't know whether it's the first they sort of years, but certainly I don't think it's mm. a regular contact. Because mm. they sort of okay. bond in the kitchen saying, you know, have you got some work now? You know, we'll find yeah. Dad's cigarettes that he's, he's stored somewhere. and But then she, she sort of tries to apologise and he throws a, a lit cigarette in her face. Yeah, that was a bit weird, doesn't it? When he sort of throws the lit cigarette right into her, right into her dress, it was quite weird. Um, I suppose the one that understandable, thing, understandable. Yeah, if your own mother arrests you, you you're allowed to be a little bit annoyed. Um, what's interesting and what makes this show kind of turn is two real things: that the bloke that they've kidnapped is still alive, and he's being kept by a third party. It's neither of the two main biker gangs that you see. Uh, like one was a Bosnian the, gang. Yeah, like a Bosnian gang. One was called the Desperados or something, wasn't it? Or something like that? Oh, the de- the Delinquentos? Delinquentos, yeah, it's a great name. Um, and, and so, they, but this, this Bosnian gang somehow are running the restaurant where uh, he is working as a dishwasher. Um, and right the at the sun. end of the episodes, 
yeah, right at the end of the episode, the brilliant bit that turns you is it turns out that the Inez that uh, mm. this contact was, uh, that the bloke that's been um, taken contacting Sven, is actually her son. He's got the phone mm. and he's pretending to and, be Inez. And she's um, taken, she, um, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, that Hannah sort of unlocks Sven's phone halfway through with a, yeah. she has a conversation with his wife who's sort of oblivious to the fact that they're lovers. She yeah. gets his passcode and then gets the okay from the boss to start texting Inez as Sven. Yes. So both both parties don't know that the other is not who they say they are. It's quite a, mm. a unique situation. And I kind of liked the kind of the background part of it. The, the gang stuff was quite intriguing. As I say, a little bit of Sons of Anarchy, a little bit The Shield. You know, if you watch the early episodes of The Shield... There's a lot of gang-related, you know, gangbangers and things like that that work their way into the first few episodes of the Shield, first few series of the Shield. And I, I, I thought I kind of like the, the twist. I, I must admit, it was very procedural. You know, as I say, it was, mm. you, know, uh, you know, run down this bloke. He gives you a name. Go and meet that bloke. There wasn't anything kind of new until you got to these twists at the end, which kind of intrigued me. What did you think about it? I really struggled to get through. I found it very, very dull. Um, certainly the first 20 minutes or so. Yeah, I it really was a struggled struggle. To, I struggled to, apart from her, Hannah, I struggled to sort of tell any of the cops apart, really. They yeah. didn't seem to have any distinguishing features, any, um, you know, things to tell. They, they, the lines that they delivered feel like they could be delivered by any other member of the police station. Yeah, there wasn't sense. really any in-depth character work outside of Hannah and her son, really. Yes. And I like that the scene in the kitchen at the dad's party, which came about 40 minutes in, was probably my favourite thing in there. Okay. I mean, I found all the all the biker stuff quite clichéd. You know, it's in, an interesting twist at the end, as you say, with the son. But I sort of... As soon as we saw him, I sort of guessed, yes, he's going to be texting her. He's going to be... Oh, okay. You, you know, worked that involved out. Involved in this, I worked it out. Well, I didn't work it out until you saw him, but before you right. actually saw the text message, if that makes sense, because you saw him having a cigarette outside after he'd finished working, and I, yeah. and I think he was on his phone. And I was thinking, is he Inez? Because they did actually mention the name Inez in that first scene at the party where she arrests him. Yeah, Inez was the person Inez. that was caught selling drugs to in the very, very opening yeah. scene. Or he just finished a transaction and then. Mm. So whether yeah, whether late. it has sorry whether it has been the son the entire time or whether the son has taken over from Inez like partly way through her being the contact for Sven mm. is something to explore. But I just I really struggled to get through this. There was just little, you know, it wasn't bad, but it was just, I just found it quite dull, as you say, procedural. And that maybe for me there wasn't anything like you know the the Nordic noirs of of old like yeah, they're, they're, the bridge. There, there was only yeah. a few bits that were kind of traditional Nordic noir. The West rest could have been an episode of Vera or something yeah, like that. Because, you know, it, it, it couldn't it? I mean, it, it did feel very mm. straightforward. Um, but I think the twist intrigued me enough to think I'll probably watch episode two. Will you? Well, you can watch yeah. it all. Well, to present, I, you can watch it any time. But are you going to carry along on, like, the Tuesday nights? Yeah, I think I'll try and watch it Tuesday nights, because there's not... Well, I, I'm into watching Holby City at the moment, but I don't tend to watch that on a Tuesday night. Mm. Um, 
But this is Tuesday night night. This is about yes. 11 o'clock. Oh, I mean, it'd be it? like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I haven't got... Until The Bridge 3 comes out, which we, we referenced, I feel like I haven't got anything sort of foreign at the moment. So I feel like I've, there's, yeah. a, there's a place in my... Well, there's a... The, sorry, I was just going to say, there's another one, isn't there? The Arctic Murders, which has just started as well. So yeah, I'm going to discuss give, that give, next week. give that a go as well. That's based on books, um, uh, though, I think, The Arctic Murders, whereas an original... But no, this is more current as well. This is 2017. This has only been out last year. Uh, hmm. The Arctic Murders might be older, but I'm not sure. Um, what I will say, sorry, is to just paraphrase something that Luke would say if he had watched this and if he was here... Yeah. He, was, he would say that initially when we first got the Nordic Noir Surge is that we got these sort of quality programmes from this yeah. country. But now BBC4, you know, through the last few years have, have, have brought up quite a lot of stuff and, and now we've got Walter Presents. We're getting, as you mentioned, their sort of equivalent of like a Vera or a yeah. um, Lewis or something. We're getting those now. And, in t- and as in comparison to other Nordic Noirs that... I've loved in the past. This hasn't got anything, you know, any other storylines. It is literally just focused yeah. on Sven's kidnapping and Hannah trying to find him, and that's it. Really. I, I, I do agree that there's certainly nothing new here. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to watch the second episode to see how I get on. I'm not going to say that this is, you know, gonna, this is certainly not going to be on my best of the year, anything like that. You know, I, I, I just feel that. I don't know, I just feel like I, 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 I liked the twist so much that the second episode is worth a watch. Well, I, I can do my so, pick of the week off the top of my head. I don't even need to look at the list. It's called The yeah, Midwife. I think we'll prob- call The Midwife, yeah, yeah. Pr- probably for me as well. There's not a lot of choice next. Unless you say Call The Midwife and I go for the third episode of Kiri. Cause, yeah, um, let's, very let's go for that. So Call The Midwife returns yeah. this Sunday night or, or early evening. I think this is perfect timing. Yeah, perfect timing. Um, I, I, as you say, with, there's not been an, an amazing amount of great stuff on so i feel this is really getting a push we're already uh, getting a lot of actresses who are not going to be in this series much we talked about the christmas episode how uh, the charlotte ritchie charlotte character ritchie. has gone on sabbatical but we're also getting uh, is it tilly no who's the blonde helen george helen george who plays trixie trixie that's it i think it was close uh, and and it, there's some talk about uh, that her character won't be in it mostly because apparently she's had a baby and there's been quite mm. a lot in the press about or the fact... Or is she, preg- is she pregnant? I don't know, but she's she... talk- there's been quite a lot in the press talking about how the fact that she's been so put off by the horror stories on the show, she's having a caesarean section. <laughs> Which mm. I feel is kind of ironic. She's not having a baby in the 1960s, is she? She's not travelling back to... No, I don't, I don't I think mean, there's both, a Doctor Who both, type thing. Both um, Charlotte Ritchie and Helen George are still in the press photos and everything yeah for, I feel um, that they'll be back by the end of the series but I think uh, that they'll be missing through through periods of I think Charlotte Rich has gone for new, the first couple yeah um, and then there is a new um, go. sorry there is a new um, nurse joining the ranks the first um, black char- main character they've had on the series um, yeah called um, Lucille Anderson played by an actress Leonie Leonie Elliott so Okay. Uh, joining uh, Linda Bassett and Helen George and Jennifer Kirby and and Charlotte Ritchie as as the midwives and and all the rest are back as well. So Minty and that and um, it'd be interesting. Yeah. So yeah. And, I mean, we are we are big fans of this. The first episode it looks at um, it sort of continues on from the Christmas yeah. special where the blizzards are still going on and there's a um, storyline where the um, Dr. Turner's dealing with a cancer patient who 
who wants to die in his home, but it's it's a slum and it's being you know knocked. It's when the slums were being knocked down in London. Yeah. So it's it's as always they try and use sort of um, topical stories to tie into their fictional world, which I always appreciate. It would be good. I'm looking forward to that, and and you, yeah. you're looking for. I think we're both looking forward to the third episode of the yeah. series as well. It's, it's the one we, re- me and you, really enjoy, and and Luke just doesn't. I don't know why. Well, we'll find out. Maybe we'll get Luke back for the next episode. He can tell us all his theories and thoughts on uh, the television that he has been watching so far. So um, join us now on the Extra Helpings, where we'll be talking uh, the latest developments in Celebrity Big Brother, new Sky Atlantic drama Britannia, which me and Gary both loved, and um, <laughs> the uh, and Gary also will be talking about the top five shows he'll be looking forward in uh, looking forward to in 2018. So if you're intrigued by that, please join us over in the extra helping. We will do Twitters. I am at Matt's TV Bites. Gary is at The Gary Show. And Luke is at Luke Custard TV. Send him some love. Send him some soup. Send him some... Don't Australian send him messages. pictures of Australian things. Don't do no. that. Okay, I repeat. No, no wallabies, no boomerangs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we are on Facebook uh, slash The Custard TV. Give us a like on there. We are on uh, YouTube. Uh, search The Custard TV. Uh, we... Uh, I am a little bit behind at the moment putting the videos up, mainly because I'm editing the podcast as well, and it That's is just, fine, yeah. it's oh, I can only listen to my voice a certain amount of time before I start to go balmy. Um, we are on uh, iTunes. If you leave us some kind words on there and a five star review, it would be very much appreciated. Um, you can also listen as well as on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We are on all the uh, other sort of podcasty apps. If there's an app we're not on that you'd like to listen to us through, please get in touch. The best way to get in touch with us is via email, uh, reviews at gmail.com. Uh, the website where you can listen to this podcast and read lots of interesting stuff is thecustardtv.com. Um, I'll have a weekly piece going up there by the time you hear this. Um, there's also the TV Week, which previews all the big stuff that's coming up. Um, and there sh- it should be back to full force again soon. Obviously, Luke's been under the weather, so there hasn't been as much content going up as normal. And as we mentioned before, patreon.com slash the custard TV, uh, where we'll be heading over to now to do the uh, the extra helpings, won't we, Gary? We will indeed. And uh, you can hear more Anything of you'd there. like to add? Uh, sorry, say that again. Anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye? No, I think, I think you've covered it pretty well. Okay. So Bye. I will say goodbye, Gary. Bye. <laughs> that was a very faint one. Bye-bye. And see you over on Patreon. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.